Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Hey, I want to welcome you to church. I'm so glad you came today. Uh, church just wouldn't be the same without you. And so I'm so glad you're here. We're glad all our guests came today. We always have a few guests with us. Would you join me in welcoming our guests today? Just wonderful. We're so glad you came. We're in a series called Courageous. This is our series that is preparing us for our campaign that we're using to uh, raise the, the money we need to complete our renovation on our brand new church home, which I'm excited about. We get to move into a new place real soon next year, and I couldn't be more excited about that. So good things are coming. I want to remind you, immediately following our service today, we have a baptism. I'll be right outside, so as soon as the service is over, after, Eli, how do you want them to do the chairs? I didn't know. Um, you want them to do the chairs first and then come out? All right, so put the chairs out there. Put the chairs up. We're going to need all the help today we can get in our breakdown team, by the way. If you got a, an extra 30 minutes to hang out with us, we could use your help today because, you know, it's Memorial Day, and you all are the smart ones. You came to church, and, um, you know, it is smart. You can't get on the beach anyway. It's too crowded. You don't need to be out in the intercoastal. It's too dangerous out there. So you came to church, and I'm proud of you. Best day, best place to be on Memorial Weekend. Hey, so join us out there, though, after you do the chairs, and then, uh, then we'll come back in and finish the breakdown. So our Courageous Campaign, let me tell you a little bit about it if you're new to us and you're wondering what's going on. And um, so what we're doing is, is we are raising some money to help us on our renovations for our brand new church building. And so we have a lease, a 15-year lease, on the former Jelly Bean skating rink that is on Oleanders. And so I'm ready to quit calling it Jelly Beans. I just want it to be Life Church at some point. But um, it's just a great way to know where we are. Uh, also, you need to know that we have leased the parking lot right beside our, our building there. Novant has a, uh, some sort of rehab center there, and they've got a parking lot. And so we leased their parking lot as well because some of you, and I'm impressed, some of you asked me, where are we going to park all the cars when everybody comes because there's not enough parking there? And so I didn't even think any of you would think about that, but you did. I'm like, y'all are paying attention. I love it. But um, so we rented or leased their parking spaces for our church so that we can use it on Sundays and Wednesdays. Now, I have been asked the question, and I just want to address it, but the question is, is why are we investing money into a building that we don't own? And I think it's a great question, and I want to do my best to give you our current perspective and why we are moving forward in this direction. And so the first real answer to it all is that we literally cannot afford to construct a building on our property at this time because of the construction costs are so high. So because of that, we've had to pivot and find a new place for us. But let me show you on the screen some of the numbers from our construction project that we wanted to build over on our property. So you can see the cost right now to build is $5.7 million. Now, that originally was 3.2 million, 3 to 3.2 million dollars. It escalated during the, the pandemic with supply chain issues, and so the price jumped to 5.7. Then we would have to purchase, on top of that, furnitures and fixtures and equipment, which would be another million dollars. And then every church 
in every family ought to have margin in their budget and have some savings. And so we believe you should have savings. And so that would be another half a million dollars, which means that would have been a $7.2 million project. And that's just not even reasonable for a church of our size. And we just shouldn't stretch ourselves out to try to figure out how to do that. And even if we could, it'd be just poor stewardship of the money the Lord has entrusted to us. But, you know, God's grace, he has provided for us a new way, a skating rink for us to renovate. And so the cost on this, or you can see on the screen, to renovate that building is going to be $2.5 million to renovate. Now that's still a lot of money, but you have to realize this is a 16, I'm sorry, a 26,000 square foot building and everything inside of it has to be done from air conditioning units to sprinkler systems. And so it's just cost a lot of money to do that much work. If we had done this maybe two years ago, maybe a million half dollars to do it, but everything has escalated. We also need to have our furnitures and fixtures for our equipment, um, which is a million dollars. And again, that savings for stability is half a million dollars, which brings our, our total budget on this to $4 million. Now here's the beauty of, of our situation. We have land and we're selling our land and most likely we're probably gonna net out a profit or a, a net amount on this at two and a half million dollars, which yes, that's so amazing. Just, just think about God's way of working. Like somehow, listen, remember the song we just sang, you know, we, even when we don't know it, he's working and, and we're crying about not being able to build on this property. And God's like, I got this plan that you're going to sell this property and you're going to net out nearly exactly what you need to renovate your building. Tell me God's not in the middle of that. He is. Amen. So that's two and a half. Our role today is to come up with the $1.5 million that's above that. And so I hope that gives a little help to some explanation of that. Um, I also was asked one day, why are we investing $4 million in this building? And I just want to correct that. We're investing $2.5 million. The, the other money is for all the furnitures and fixtures that would be in any place that we would go into. And so the reality is, if you're asking the question, why are we investing in a building we don't own? We literally just cannot move forward with the construction on that building. And staying here is not an option. And so the Lord provided for us a pivot plan to be able to go into the new space. Also, just so you'll know, our monthly payment on the skating rink, the lease, will be almost half of what it would have been if we had uh, built that building on that property. So we're saving money with that. Also, we have the first right of refusal to purchase that building if the ownership decides to sell the building. It wouldn't surprise me somewhere along the way in 15 years that that building becomes available for us to buy and then we would be able to make that decision then. So that'd be awesome. So listen, leasing, leasing the skating ring provides us with a bigger building than we were gonna build. It's 10,000 square feet more space than we were able to build. It's a larger auditorium, an amazing location at a significantly less expensive price for our church. I seriously believe with all my heart that this is the direction the Lord has given to us, the vision he has given to us for our church. And I'm grateful that we have this to be able to move forward so that we can reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So I hope that gives you some, some answers to a few questions you may have. 
And so I hope that's a blessing to you. So listen, I'm ready to, to preach a message though. Enough of the money talk. Let's, let's talk about the message. You want to hear the word of God today? Yes. Come on, me too. So listen, my, my sermon title is Keep the Vision in Front of You. So whether you're building a building or starting a business or dreaming about a marriage or college, you'll need to keep the vision in front of you. <clears throat> you know, whether you can um, build this building or do your vision has so much to do with what you see in front of you because what you see is what you're going to move towards. Often we need to remind ourselves of the visions and the dreams that are in our heart. And also you have to protect the vision that God has given to you. Oftentimes we can let our vision fade over time. When things don't happen in our timing, we begin to, to get discouraged in the middle of it and you have to protect the vision. And also if your vision is limited, your life will be limited as well. God always gives you and I dreams that will stretch our faith, that will cause us to, to reach for more. He wants us to, to, to expand our faith and believe him for more and more. He will actually give you dreams that are bigger than you so that you'll have to trust him in the middle of it. He will stretch you. Matter of fact, he sees your potential and he gives you visions and dreams based on what he knows is in your heart and what he can do through you. So if your circumstances don't currently match your vision right now, don't give up. Stay with it. But you need to remind yourself of the dream that God has put in your heart. And one of the best things you can do is to find something that symbolizes what your dream is and keep that in front of you. So as an example, Harriet and I, a couple years ago, had decided we wanted to build our home. And we sold the home we were living in. We bought a lot to build our house on. And now that our children are grown and they're maintaining their own houses, we knew we could build something that fit just our life and what we needed now. But when we got to the point of construction, we were at the same spot with our house as we are with our church. And the cost had gone up so much and inflation had impacted. Uh, interest rates are higher now than they were. So we decided to put our project on pause for a while. And so it would be easy, though, for me to get a little discouraged in the middle of waiting on this, this vision to come to pass. So what I do is about once a week, I have in my home office the building plans for our house. And I roll those building plans out and I look at them and then I begin to say, thank you, Lord, that you have given us a vision for our future. And Lord, I want to thank you that in your timing, we'll get to build this house. And so it gives me faith in the middle of it. It gives me patience for the waiting time because I keep the vision in front of me. If your vision is to own a business, if your vision is to go to college, or become the next governor of North Carolina. Listen, I would like to know because I want to vote for you. But if your vision 
is, is anything that has to do with something God has for your life, then you will need to remind yourself of that vision. Maybe put a picture in your you know, bathroom in the morning so that you can see something that represents the vision that God has for you. So that when you brush your teeth in the morning, you see that there and you begin to say, thank you, God, that you're going to open doors for me. You're going to get me favor in the direction that you want me to go with my life. And you begin to let your faith attach to what God has called you to. Ask God to open those doors for you. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, he says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, some versions will say where there is no prophetic revelation, the people will perish. In other words, without a God-breathed vision, people wander aimlessly in life. They accomplish less than what God has called them to. And so we all need vision for our, not our life. We need a God-breathed vision. We need God to speak to us and to show us what he wants for our lives. Because sometimes, as you know, we live through difficulties in life. If hard times and setbacks and failures cause you to lose your vision, then you'll never succeed in the dream that God has put in your life. So you must keep on reminding yourself of the vision. Now, what is your vision for your life? What is your vision? Maybe it's not a goal. I believe the first thing you ought to do is to get a vision of who you are and who God has created you to be. Do you see yourself as rising higher, overcoming obstacles, living an abundant life? Is that how you see yourself? Or do you see yourself and picture yourself as, as struggling and defeated in life or addicted or never getting the breaks in life? How do you see your life? It's really important because the picture you allow in your mind will determine the kind of life that you live. Some of you are just not seeing God's best for your life. You're allowing the, the circumstances of our world to dictate how you see yourself and what your dreams become. Some of you are missing it in your vision, not because of your lack of potential, but because you've let the vision slip out of your, your memory. The Bible says in Habakkuk chapter two, verse two, the Bible says that the Lord answered to Habakkuk here, the prophet, and he said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. The prophet says and encourages us to write down that vision that God has given to us because we need to keep it in front of us at all times. We need to keep reminding ourselves of the vision so that we can keep moving towards God's plan for our life. And why is this important? Because delays, disappointments, and discouragement will try to write a different vision for your life. Listen, the world has its troubles, no doubt about it. We could sit and ponder and talk about all the issues of the day, and there's plenty. 
But what tends to happen is when we focus so much on all the hardships and all of the issues of the day, it begins to reshape what we believe is possible in our life. And listen, church, we serve a God that is a way maker and a miracle maker. Listen, we serve a God that can, can take us through the most difficult circumstances and get us to the place he wants us in our life. He can fulfill our visions and dreams that he has given to us. Friends, your future has so much to do with what you see. And so I'm asking you to see yourself as blessed. See yourself as fulfilling your dream today. Don't get stuck in a rut and see the same old you in the same old place with the same old problems. Start seeing yourself walking towards all that God has for your life. Can I get an amen? Now, let me apply this to where we are with our church today. In the same way, I want to help you see what God is doing in our house. I want you to get a vision. I want you to be able to see what God is doing through our church. Because our church is so close to a dream come true. I can just, I mean, I can see it. But can you see what God can do? This is the most exciting time that you'll ever be a part of our church from the past. Now, I believe there'll be more exciting times, but we get a front row seat to being able to, to see this renovation and move into a brand new building. We have a front row seat to all that God is doing. So I want to take a minute and help you imagine with me to use your spiritual eyes to see what God can do. So I want to move us forward about a year to when we get to move in to this new building. So picture grand opening Sunday. Just remember all of the, the sacrifices that we've all made, all the planning to get there, and we finally get to this day. Can you see this day? Can you just picture you pulling in the parking lot that day? Listen, as you're grabbing a vision, let me tell you where I'll be as you're pulling in that day. I'm going to be so excited. I'm going to be like one of those, those guys that's out there on the you know, like maybe the, the blow-up machine that's at the car lots, you know, and it's doing this number out there. Listen, I'm going to be so excited. I'm going to be waving you in, and it's going to be amazing. I look forward to seeing families get out of their car. They're holding hands with their children, and they're, they're walking up to this building, and they're just smiling, and they're so proud to be a part of this, and they... They walk their children to our kids' check-in area and someone's there to greet them and they're just, they're just soaking it all in. You know that first Sunday, you just soak it in. Your eyes, eyes are just looking at everything. You're going to be like, wow. And they, they drop off their children in this really, really secured space. It's just perfect for children to, to learn, learn and grow and, and to hear the message about Jesus. Also, also let me take inside the building for just, just a moment. Up here in this orange area, that's the, the fir first main gathering area when you walk in the building. There's a coffee shop to the side and, and there's chairs and there's some things. But just on this particular Sunday morning, this is the first Sunday that we've, we're having church. And you walk in and there's going to be, I don't know, maybe like a hundred people there. They've all got their cup of coffee because we're coffee drinkers for sure. And uh, so we're all hanging out there and there's going to be a buzz in the room. You know, when people are excited and they talk, they always talk a little louder when they're excited. And so there's going to be a buzz in the room and you're just going to be 
chatty Kathy in there. Like, wow, this is so great. You're going to be looking up and looking around and you're going to see new people coming in. Then you're going to come down to the, to the entrance area of the auditorium and, and you're going to walk into the auditorium for the very first time. And you're going to be walking in and you're going to see up at the front where Chandler has set the lights and everything is so perfect. The, the, now Chandler doesn't have responsibility for this, but the air conditioning will be perfect and everything will be so great when you walk in. Now, some of you are going to have to find a new seat. Uh, some of you sit in the same seat every week and I appreciate that. I can find you. I know where Pastor Ron is every week right there. So Pastor Ron, you may have to find you a new spot when you get there. I don't know, but I'll be right up there on that front top area there and, and I'm going to be up there worshiping and having a blast up there that first Sunday. Probably if you get close enough, you'll probably see tears in my eyes because I'm going to be overwhelmed at the, at the goodness of God as we move into this place. So we're going to be in there and the worship will be incredible. But by the way, how incredible was worship today? Come on, give that a shout. So, so blessed with our musicians and our worship leaders. So we'll be in there. We're going to sing our hearts out. On this particular Sunday, there'll be at least 50 brand new guests in the building. It's going to be crowded in there. We're going to feel the atmosphere and then at the end of the day, I'll give a salvation invitation. And you're going to be sitting there praying, Lord, let someone raise their hand. And you know what's going to happen? There's going to be hands go up. And we're going to give a celebration. Because not only here, but in heaven, there'll be people celebrating that people's lives have been changed because of what we did on that first Sunday. Can you see that? Can you, can you grab a vision of that? It's so powerful to be able to see what God can do. We have a great church. We're unique too. There's not another church in the city just like us. And that's good. But we are now in a situation that it doesn't matter how excellent and how passionate we are about our ministry. We are limited in what we can accomplish with our dream here in this building. Currently, we utilize so much of our energy to set up and break down a church that, that we are limited in the other things that we can do because we use so much resources just on that. We currently cannot even host our Celebrate Recovery. Our ministries do their best like Echo Youth and Young Adults and Sisterhood and our men's events. We do our best to host our meetings in our office complex, which if you've ever been there, you know it's no more than just a giant garage. And, um, and we're doing our best, you know. We give it our, our best shot, but it just doesn't equal the, the excellence and the capacity that's in our heart. We're severely limited in worship nights that we can have and healing services that we can have and flourish conferences and youth conferences and volunteer appreciation parties and outreach events. We're just so limited on what we can do. Without a building, we struggle to serve our city on Saturday serve days. We, we actually put a pause on it because, because it was so low attended because people were like, hey, we're just so exhausted from setting up and breaking down all the time. We don't have the capacity for more. And, and we get it. I get it. I feel the same way. Back when the hurricane hit, you remember Hurricane Florence? 
And during the, the initial part of that, I received a phone call from Samaritan Ministries. And they called me, and I, they, they got our number from, from Seacoast Church down in Charleston. And they called me and they said, hey, we want to come to Wilmington with our giant bus and trailer and set up at your church and Life Church be the host for Samaritan Ministries as we serve your city. And they said, we need the address to your church. And I said, well, I don't have an address. Um, I can't help you. I can't serve this particular need. And so we passed on the, the phone number to another local church in town and they did an amazing job with it and God's hand was in it all. But it left me feeling like, man, I want to do more and without a building, I feel limited. We lack social activities that build our community. In other words, there's not a place for you to come and hang out on Wednesday. If you come to our church office, you just got to come sit with me in the church office. And uh, like, there's just like, that's no fun. I mean, you know, I'm doing work. And so like, you're not any fun hanging out. So we need space for us to be able to do these things. So we're limited without a building. Listen, I believe we need a building and I have a sense of urgency about it. We need it sooner than later. We can't wait two years for the economy to turn around if it turns around. And then we would take another two years or more to build a building. We don't have that kind of time. We don't have four to five years to sit here in this location and hope the best will be to come. We're going to have to come up with some solutions and God has provided for us a solution and he has given to us providentially this skating rink for us to lease. Let me tell you just a little bit about it. We have leased a 26,000 square foot building. It's huge and it will meet all our needs for now and the future and it will be for less money than it would be if we did a construction project. This new building has a large seating capacity. It's a building that firmly plants us right in the heart of our city. It gives us recognition and credibility that we don't have today. I mean, nobody can drive by our church today. The only way a guest gets here is if someone tells them we don't have the ability just to be seen and so this will put us there. The new building will have space for our ministries to thrive and grow. Our building will allow us to refocus on reaching our city. A new building will give us the ability to, for worship nights and healing services and, and community events and discipleship classes and leadership training. I cannot wait. I can just so much see it. Can you see it with me? Can you see the vision? I would like for you to dream with me for just a moment. So when you came in this morning, we gave you a card and this card is going to be for you to use. Do you have your card? If you don't have a card when you came in, lift your hand up real high and, and our ushers in the back are going to run, bring you a card real quick. Did that, do we need any? Look, no hands are up. We got everybody a card. Man, that's a first. For real, somebody tell me you don't have a card. Our ushers are ready. Nope, they got them. All right, sweet. Sweet. Good job, ushers. So listen, here's what I want you to do is I want you to help us see the vision. And so on that card, we're going to ask you to write out this. Look on the screen. Here's what I'm going to ask of you. To, would you take just a couple minutes and write down a few other outreaches, ministries, and events that we could do when we get into our new church home? 
And so let me give you some examples, though, to maybe spark you know, some imagination with you. So I asked this question to some leaders, and these are some of the answers that, that we received. So when we get into this new building, we'll be able to host concerts, someone said. I love that. One person said, we could host homeschooling co-op groups that could meet at our building throughout the week. I love that. One person said, and this might be my personal favorite, that we could have an indoor glow-in-the-dark Easter egg hunt. I love it. So count me in for that. Gina, get that planned, would you please? Um, someone else said we could host a national day of prayer at our church. So these are just some things that we can do when we get in. Maybe for you, you have an idea and you could, like, you could say to me on your card, when we move in, these are some things that I believe that God could do through our church. So would you just take just, just two minutes, give me a couple ideas, and then we'll collect those at the end of service. Excellent. Well, if you're not finished, you can finish at the end of service. On your way out today, we'll have an usher there with a bucket. You can put that in there. I really look forward to seeing and hearing uh, your ideas for us as we move in. And I want to thank you right now in advance for being a part of Life Church and, and seeing the vision with me today and, and just catching a hold of what God can do through us. Friends, I want you to know our future has so much to do with what we see, what we see about our church. And I'm asking you to, to see our church as blessed, as prosperous, as strong, healthy, successful. And I want you to see our church completed in your mind and then catch the vision of all that God can do. Amen to that church? Come on, the, the best is still to come for us. Do you believe that today? Amen, amen. Well, listen, I'm gonna close with a salvation invitation. One of the most important things I get to do every Sunday is to invite people to begin a relationship with our Heavenly Father. You came here today and some of you are searching for hope and, and help and answers in your life. And the best answer we can ever give you is salvation through Jesus. We have four statements on the screen and I wanna lead you through that. One is you need to know that you are loved by God. He loves you, He cares about you. It's not a matter of whether you've acted real good or acted real bad. None of that changes God's love for you. But the reality is, is all of us have sinned and it's that sin is what separated us from God. But Jesus came in this third block. He died on the cross as the payment for that sin. So he took the penalty for our sin upon himself, meaning that we don't suffer the consequences of our bad actions. And we're free from that. We're free from condemnation. And we're clean and we're righteous before God and we've come into this relationship with God. Your role is to accept this gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. We're asking you to believe in Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, believing that Jesus forgives your sins today. And so I wanna give you this opportunity this morning so that when you walk out of here on this amazing Memorial Day service, that you can know that your life is drastically changed because of Jesus. So would you bow your heads, close your eyes for this moment, and let's just have a, a really personable moment with, with your pastor for this, this time. And if you're ready to say a prayer and to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you just lift your hand to me and just indicate that today's your day, you want to do that today. Is there anyone here? Lift your hand high for me.
Well, I don't see any hands today, so we pray your hearts are, are filled today. Well, Lord, we thank you for this day. I thank you that we get to come together and, and worship. We thank you for our freedoms that are given to us to gather like this. And God, I pray that we would live for you with our whole hearts. And Lord, as we leave here today, we have a sense of, of your favor and goodness on us. And so Lord, we leave here expecting to have a great week. Give us vision for our life so that we may see all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen, church. Amen.